Alright, we're going to go to Luke chapter 12. We'll start out there. Been preaching about hypocrisy. We didn't have church last Wednesday night on account of me being gone and all of that. But, uh, so I think the last time we talked about this, I, it was about hypocrisy. Is It's a spiritual battle. And hypocrisy is a game of fools. So we're going to talk about here tonight. We're going to read this verse. Read a verse in 1 Timothy. I think I've used these verses before, but I've got some other scripture too. So Luke chapter 12 and verse 1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Hmm. There's a lot of people there that's walking on each other. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 says, that these, Speaking of these false prophets and these evil people, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. You know, I've just thought and studied about this quite a bit, and there's just a whole lot more to hypocrisy than what we think when we when we hear the word or when we consider the subject. There's a lot of different angles to it, and it's more than just phoniness. There's a lot more evil about it than just being a fake and a phony and a pretender. The roots of it go way far deeper than that. But, you know, I want to start out by just saying a few things to kind of lay the foundation for what I'm trying to get across here tonight. You know, the basic elements are the underlying laws of God's creation work in perfect harmony. You know, you think about things like mathematics. It works perfectly. I don't care about all these trick things that they come up with, like you showed me one time about... You know, numbers that just don't add up. Numbers will always add up. It is a consistent, stable, perfect thing. And it's, and it's correlated with God's creation. Everything in God's creation has some kind of mathematical uh, identification to it. I don't know if you understand what I'm even getting at here, but it does. That's how they figure out everything. Yes, the orbits of the planets. Everything is figured mathematically in order to find the answer because that's the way you find the answer because it is perfect. When there's an error, it's because something is omitted or something is added. Some mistake is made. Same way with music. Music is perfect. Music and mathematics are like this. It is exact. I remember Dorothy when she was a little baby and playing that that two chord, you know, two guys playing one on a saxophone, one on a piano, and two different chords. Even a baby recognizes the discord. Then yeah. they know that something is wrong here yeah. because sound don't go together that way. No. Music is perfect. Yeah. Vibrate music is, you know, 
the vibrations of sound in the air that carry the, the music or any kind of noise, they're perfectly symmetrical. I mean, everything is orderly. You understand what I'm talking about? Everything in God's creation, all the basic elements or underlying laws of God's creation are that way. Physics, there are laws of physics. And they're fixed. They work the same way every time. Man has spent thousands of years writing down the laws of physics. But we're living in a day when it's outside the laws of physics, man. We got UFOs flying everywhere and they're just doing things outside the laws of physics. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> Everything works the same way. Yeah. What goes up must come down. That's, one, that's, that's a law of physics. Gravity. Yes, sir. Jump off a building, you ain't going to fly you might in your dream you might do did you ever dream about that you jump off and, and you can fly yep. you can soar around but that's a dream better not try that in real life people used to get on drugs and do that uh, you remember Art Linkletter you don't know who I'm talking about he was a guy from way back there but he had back in the 60's he had a daughter that got on drugs and that's what she did she jumped out of a building thinking she could fly she died because there are certain laws of physics that are absolute. Genetics, you know, they're messing with everything and all of that, but God made that perfect. He sure did. What is this chicken you were telling me about a few years ago, Seth? Is it a, a, the black sextant chicken? It's a crossbreed. It's a modified thing. Sex link, yeah. But it, after the second generation, they will go back to their... It's two different colors of chickens, two different chickens breeded together artificially, but when you let them go, it automatically separates itself back out and corrects itself. Everything produces after its kind. Just like the Bible said, the way God meant it to be, the way God made it to be, it's male and female. No matter what you do, no matter how you imagine or pretend or lie about it or make believe about it, it's still male or female in every living thing. And so that's a, that's a solid, consistent, basic thing. You say, what's this got to do with hypocrisy? Well, I hope you'll see in a second here. All of these are based upon truth, which is, or that which is fact. It's fixed and unchanging and consistent. Everything has a strict balance which can't be altered without causing discord, chaos, confusion, and, or, and misconception. You can mess with all of those, but it causes problems. They're modifying, uh, they're genetic modifying food. How is that working? Not so good, is it? It's causing problems, isn't it? What about the music? What We don't have music now. I mean, the world doesn't. What they call music is not music. It's discord. <clears throat> There's a lot of things about music. Let me just throw this in since I'm going to do this. But uh, we were listening today to a, it was a Ron Hamilton. What was the name of the song? 
Bavani. But it was Ron Hamilton singing, and it was a cappella, but it was one other guy, but he was singing about 12 parts. This one guy was singing 12 parts, doing making all the sounds of instruments and everything else, you know. And I told her, you know, there's something missing. When these guys that sang all the parts and overlay them and do the same guys singing the, all the parts, something wrong there. There's something missing. Because it, it takes the soul out of it or something. Music is, is a thing that unifies. And that's the wonderful thing about music is that it, everybody has to do their part exactly right and it makes the music. If you have one that's not right, that spoils the whole thing. And that's the joy of it, is everybody doing their part and doing it right. And when one guy does it, it's artificial. It's one guy. Do you get that? Yes, I do. Those things have never... There's just something didn't feel right about it to me. I'm sorry. I know guys who do that stuff. They'll make a whole thing and it's just them. But it sounds like a whole choir, but it's one guy. And it's artificial. There's something missing there. He would have the ears to hear. In either case, you know, well, here, I've got to say this first. To alter anything in the basic laws of God's creation requires... Omission of something true or the introduction of something false, either of which requires deceit, dishonesty, or ignorance. So to alter anything in the basic laws of God's creation. You know, Livy's learning math a little bit. What's two plus three? Well, it's five. Now you can't mess that up. That's just the way it is. Somebody told me they'd give up on common core math. I don't know if they have or not, but they should have never have been a such a thing. In either case, we end up with falsehood, deceit, confusion, and disorder. Now, when you mess with the order that, of God's creation, you mess, I mean, that's what you end up with, disorder and confusion. Hypocrisy is omission of truth or the addition of lies. It's not just somebody pretending. That's not just what it is. It's more than that. It's the omission of truth or the addition of falsehood. And it has to be done with words. That's how you omit truth and that's how you add falsehood. You do it with words. This is deep, folks. (laughs) Words are the utterance of thoughts. Are you with me? So hypocrisy begins with the manipulation of thoughts through the use of words. That's how it begins. You listen to somebody's warped ideas and thoughts that are missing knowledge, that are missing parts that are important. And it affects the way you think and believe about yourself, about others, about God. When thoughts become words, they reveal what kind of spirit has control of the mind of the speaker or writer. It's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. 
right. And, and all evil thoughts and adulteries and fornications and thefts and evil speaking, they all come from where? Out of the heart. They come out of the mouth. That's what Jesus said. That's how a man is defiled. Yes, sir. Thoughts that came from words that came from somebody else's thoughts. If the spirit of truth reigns in the mind and heart, the words will be truth. If the spirit of truth does not reign in the mind and heart, the words will be perverse, froward, crooked. Those words are used in the Bible a bunch. A perverse tongue. A, a froward mouth. That means crooked. Froward is perverse, which means crooked. It's not straight. Something wrong with it. It's been twisted. It's been changed. It's been altered. Don't work. And so that's why we're so vulnerable to evil and deceit of hypocrisy. We don't possess all knowledge. There's not anybody in here or anybody in the world that possesses all knowledge. We know in part. And that's about everything. And about everybody. And about God. And about eternity. And about the Word of God. We know in part. We don't know it all. And that's why we're so susceptible to the lies and deceit of hypocrisy. The main evidence of that is that we think we know so much more than we really do. And we make choices and decisions based on faulty information. What is the first sign of selfishness and pride and sin that shows up in a child? They think they know. They don't want you telling them. The first thing you see in them is their resistance to receive instruction, knowledge, understanding. They, they think they know. I know. I already know. It starts early. We're quick to judge others based on what we think we know without considering the possibility that we might be missing something. That's right. we, that's, see, that's the problem of a child, but that's the problem of an adult also. We don't ever consider the fact that we don't know everything or that we might be missing some bit of information here that makes this the whole thing different. This has to do with hypocrisy. Something missing. Hypocrisy is the omission of something. We think we know what we what we think we know is based almost entirely upon words that have come from other people who may or may not have been telling the whole truth. They didn't know it all either, but they stated something as a fact and and we just took a hold of it and added it to our little quiver. And then we go on and And then we get established in that and we're deceived. We're deceived, easily deceived. The main reason we're lacking the knowledge that we need is because we're too full to receive anything from God or anybody else. Now, a vessel that's full can't receive. You got a glass full of water, you can't pour no more in it without it spilling out and just making a big mess. Jesus pronounced the Pharisees 
I got to thinking about this. I looked up full. He, in John, uh, Matthew chapter 23, he said that they were full of extortion and excess. They were full of dead men's bones. They were full of all and of all uncleanness. Full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Full of ravening and wickedness. He said this to them. You're full, you're full, you're full, you're full. That's why you can't receive. That's why you can't understand or or get any understanding more than what you have. You can't receive it because you're too full. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger, Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 25. Woe unto ye that are full, you that are full, for ye, ye shall hunger. In Acts chapter 19 verse 28 says they were full of wrath. Talking about they were get you know, they were upset because they were afraid that their goddess Diana business was gonna get put out, you know. It's gonna go broke. But they were full of wrath. Full. Romans chapter one and verse twenty nine through thirty one says being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy. Murder, debate, you notice that full, filled, and full. <coughs> Deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. They're full of all this, see? Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Verse 14 of chapter 3 of Romans says, full of cursing and bitterness. Well, when you're full like that, you're not going to listen to nothing. You ever wonder why people won't listen? They're full. They're full. That's exactly right. That's right. Want to know why the children won't listen? They're full. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can't. Nobody will listen when they're full. You got to be emptied. Then you'll listen. Then God can fill you with joy and the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Full of good works. The Bible goes on and talks about You can be full of other things. And your cup can run over with that. But it doesn't hurt anybody. It helps. Hypocrisy is presenting a false impression to others. We've got this idea of that hypocrisy is nothing more than a person just pretending to be something they're not. Well, that is in, that does describe a hypocrite, but that's doesn't that doesn't go deep enough to to explain what why they're like that, how they got like that. How that it's such a thing that Jesus described it as leaven. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. What does leaven do? It gets it gets throughout a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. You get a little bit of it, and you're gonna you're gonna have trouble purging it. How do you get leaven out once it's in? You just don't. You just don't. Presenting a false impression is what a person does when they have something to hide. No other reason. Ain't no other reason. You got something to hide, something you're ashamed of. That's why you, that's why you put on a different face.
that's that's why when you paint your face until you look like somebody else, what's the matter with you? Yes, sir. It's hypocrisy in the first place. Why do you want to change your appearance to where that people can't even recognize you? You know, they're always talking about you know seeing these movie stars without their makeup. It's like seeing what they really are. Yeah, some of them, it's terrible. <clears throat> but I know people personally that it looks terrible. I mean, I know some that I know what they look like because I knew them all their life. So I know they got freckles all over their face. They've just painted them over. And they do it every day for all of their life. What's wrong with freckles? Why are you ashamed? If God gave you freckles, why are you ashamed of it? Hmm? Are you ashamed of the way you look? You shouldn't be. Oh, well. Just get out of here, rabbit. Go away. The very fact that they try to hide the truth concerning themselves is proof that their conscience is condemning them for it. A reprobate mind begins when we start believing our own lies. Hypocrisy is the game that infidels play and, believe, and unbelievers and proud and ignorant fools. They play this game. of it, it's, a, it's a shell game with words. Hope you all don't check out because we're fixing to get to the point where I can really maybe help you to understand what I'm trying to get at here. And then we'll go home. Uh, hypocrites are the pawns of the devil and participants in the game that he always plays. His strategy, and I've said this so many times, but it's so plain to me, his strategy is to change evil to good and good to evil in the minds of those who, whose ears are open to listen to him, to his lies. He wants you to think that right's wrong and wrong's right. Good's evil and evil's good. Now, if you think about that and you just look at history and if you look at your own life and if you look at all the people you've known that went to church and quit, tell me that ain't true. They changed their mind about what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. I know lots of people that used to believe things that, that were right, same as I do. Now they think that it's wrong. Right. And they think what, what they said was wrong back then, they think now that it's right. Mm -hmm. The devil got a hold of them. Yes, sir. The devil worked on them. Mm -hmm. Hypocrites are, the re are his recruits, and he uses them to utter his perverse thoughts. Mm -hmm. The devil, you know, he's a spirit. He's not a human being. And in this world, you have to have a body of flesh to experience and work in this world. <coughs> That's why the devil works through people. And the devils work through people. Mm -hmm. The devil is the master wordsmith when it comes to deceiving by lay, leaving out or adding to the pure truth. Dakota showed me something last night. I'm going to use that, Dakota. You may have saw this before, but there's three three options here. You got to you got to, you know, I think they're going to elect a world leader or something, you know. 
here's the three men that are candidates. Now you got to choose out of the information that you're given in these three uh, descriptions, which one is the one to pick, the most moral man for the job. All right, candidate one, he associates with crooked politicians and consults with astrologists. He's had two mistresses. He also chain smokes and drinks eight to ten martinis a day. That's candidate A. Candidate B, he was kicked out of office twice, sleeps until noon, used opium in college, and drinks a quart of whiskey every evening. Well, now that ought to set, that ought to set off a red flag there because if a guy drank a quart of whiskey every evening, I don't believe he would uh, be fit to... Yeah. <laughs> Candidate C, he is a de decorated war hero. He's a vegetarian. He doesn't smoke, drink, Drinks an occasional beer and hasn't had any extramarital affairs. Which of these candidates would be your choice? A, B, or C? Well, everybody's going to say C. So, I put a bunch of stuff here I don't want to read. So, let me... Well, the first one is Franklin D. Roosevelt. Yeah. The second one's Winston Churchill. And the third one's Adolf Hitler. Yeah. So, by selectively choosing which facts to report, you can make just about anyone look good or bad. Facts offered out of context can be more misleading than no facts at all. Hitler's diet was, was uh, primarily vegetarian throughout the latter part of his life. However, he didn't adopt a vegetarian diet for moral reasons, but because he suffered from gastric problems. We won't elaborate on that. But <laughs> Hitler had affairs with several women, some of whom died under mysterious circumstances, but they weren't technically extramarital affairs because he wasn't married. Yeah. This is playing games with language, which is, which is exactly what the devil does so well. And he's able to get others to do so also. There's no evidence that Roosevelt was a heavy drinker. Or that he chain-smoked. He did have uh, a mistress. He didn't have three. He had one. He wasn't the greatest guy. But he was made to look a lot worse than he really was by adding a few facts that weren't facts. Adding to the truth. And then the other was taken away from the truth, see? Uh, Churchill did not use opium in college, but took some with him on a trip to Africa in 1899 because that's what everybody did during those days when they went to Africa for whatever. They put it in... I mean, you could buy it in a drugstore, anywhere. Uh, they put cocaine in Coca-Cola, if I understand it right. You know... You're, you're reaching back to a different time when, when it didn't, wasn't the same thing. But he had it one time, so, you know, he took it in college and all this was not true. He wasn't a teetotaler, totaler, but he didn't drink a quart of whiskey every evening either. There's no proof of that, no evidence. So hopefully you can see the point. Another illustration there was, I'll go ahead and read the rest of that, but, uh, 
Let me find it here. If you knew a woman was pregnant who had eight kids already, three who were deaf, two were who, who were blind, one mentally retarded, and she had syphilis, would you recommend that she have an abortion? Well, none of us would, would do that, even under those circumstances. But here's the real story. Uh, Beethoven, that was very misleading. And they're all arguments that the prohibition people use. That's the way they argue to try to justify murdering babies. See? Beethoven was born well over 200 years ago in an era when the infant mortality was quite high by modern standards. And even infants who survived were often afflicted with serious health problems. Children didn't die or experience physical problems so frequently back then simply because they were all born to mothers who were themselves in poor health. That's what's implied here. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Offering an 18th century example in a 20th century setting is a very poor way of making a serious point, see? And that applies to a whole bunch of things. The slavery and everything else. All kinds of things that they're condemning the people of the past for. See, they've done this. They've done this very stuff with like Robert E. Lee and many others of the past. They want to destroy the righteous and they want to exalt the wicked. And that's their marker. That's hypocrisy, which is the game of the devil to switch places with good and evil and right and wrong. That makes the devil God, see? It's what his goal has been since the beginning. But anyway, more on that. Uh, Beethoven was not born to a woman who had eight kids already. Although his mother gave birth a total of eight times during her lifetime, he was only her third child. So see the misrepresentation? See the lie? See the twisting of the words? See the taking of, of something that was true but not true? The word smithing, that's the devil. That's his marker. Lord, deliver me and you from people who do that. It's all over now. The world is a lie. Everything, you can't believe nothing. Everything's a lie. It's not real. Pictures. Like the picture I sent you yesterday of the wood carving. Not real. You can't bank on anything being real. On, but that's not all. He was her third child. Her first two children, one from a previous marriage, both died in infancy. <laughs> he was her third child. The first two had died, so when she had him, he was the only one she had. But they presented it as she already had eight children. Would you, you know, and all these problems and you see? Both died in infancy. Only two of Beethoven's five younger siblings survived beyond their first year, few years of their life. So there was only three children after all. There's no evidence. You know, well, anyway, hopefully you see that. That's Satan's game and that's how he works it. Jesus encountered it repeatedly with the scribes and Pharisees. There in Matthew chapter 22, verse 16 through 18, it says, And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true. Listen to their lying (laughs) tongues. 
and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Buttering him up. <laughs> Flattery. Tell us therefore what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Yep. <laughs> Amen, Lord. He just called them like he seen them. Nailed them. They're hypocrites. What are they doing? They're doing just what we just read about and talked about. They're they're omitting and they're adding. They're lying while they're doing it. They're, they don't really believe that he is uh, their master and true and teaches the way of God in truth. No, they don't, they don't believe that at all. They're there to try to trap him into saying something that they can accuse him of. They were exactly what he called them out for, hypocrites. Playing their little word game, speaking truth but not the whole truth. Pretending to be in search of truth, but only uh, intending to rest the truth. So beware of hypocrisy. Beware of it in yourself. Don't speak with guile. Don't ever try to twist things in other people's minds. That's hypocrisy. If you're trying to make other people perceive something different than it really is you're a hypocrite yes. you're the devil's tool you're being used by the devil he's got your tongue that's why if you bridle out your tongue your religion's in vain if you don't have control of it who's going to have control of it so beware of it in yourself yes it shouldn't only be when you're getting ready to get up on the witness stand in court and you got your hand on the Bible and the other hand there and swear to the Lord Almighty that you're going to speak the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. What do you lie the rest of the time? That's why the Bible says swear not. We ought to be, our word ought to be good enough that we shouldn't have to call God and all the angels of heaven in to witness that we're telling the truth. God strike me dead if I'm not telling the truth. We shouldn't have to go to that extent to convince other people to believe that what we're saying is true. Our word ought to be true. I mean true through and through. And if we don't know for sure, we ought to keep our mouth shut about other people, about things that happen, about what so-and-so is doing or not doing or whatever. It's what causes all the strife and the trouble in families, in churches, in everything else. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's short out. Tongues running wild. Mm. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Stuff omitted. Stuff added. The gossips and the talebearers. And it just, it amazes me. And, and you know, I've had people contacting us over the last week oh, and, you know, thinking I had stents put in. I don't know what all, you know, thinking I had a heart attack and then just, you know, sure, praying, brother. Well, see, that's what happens. It just goes all around all over the place and I've had to correct it. She's had to correct it and tell them, no, no, nothing like that. <laughs> well, we laugh, but... And, you know, that kind of thing, I you know, just... But, I mean, it's 
When the devil's in it, it's evil, man. It's meant to hurt and destroy. And it does its job. A talebearer separates his chief friends. His wounds go deep. Yeah. So don't allow yourself. Don't allow your mind to be deceived by the distortions of truth through these shell games that people play with words. Don't believe anything but what's true. I mean, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Remember that truth is fixed and eternal and it never changes. God is our rock. And God's creation is orderly. And if you're a new creation in God, then you ought to be orderly in your thoughts, in your thinking, in your, in your speaking. I mean, our language, the music that comes from us. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It ought to be right there shouldn't be any discord in it. There shouldn't be anything missing in it. It shouldn't be random. It ought to be on time. I mean, music's on time. You ever hear anybody singing out of time and they can't? I've never understood that. I, but I know it's true. Some people just don't have it in them. They just, you know. It, but we used to try to play music when I was young and that was one of the things we run into. There was people, man, and they just played at their own pace didn't matter and they couldn't even hear it and everybody else just stopped because you know what's the matter with you what in the world it's like being off key or out of time it don't work if you're a Christian your testimony don't work when it's not in time and when it's not on key, when it don't add up, what you say don't add up. Like 2 plus 3 equals 5. It just don't add up. That's hypocrisy. It's, it's uneven. Your ways are not equal, the Lord said. You say, but you don't do. You say one thing, but you do something else. Your lips, with your lips you say you love me, but with your heart you're far from me. That's hypocrisy. And it's because of the omitted things. Truths, facts. It's the things that are added that are lies and falsehoods. What kind of world would we have? How much better would everybody... What would it be if everybody... If there was just no hypocrisy... If there wasn't any twisting of words and hiding and and pretending and trying to throw a smoke screen and make you think of me different than what I really am. Right. Yes, sir. Why can't everybody just be real? Right. Just be real. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 24 verse 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now there's... You see, it's stable, it's fixed, it's perfect, it's not going anywhere. What Jesus said, what He says, it's not going to change. You, you, if you try to add to it or take away from it, what does the Bible say in the end there? It's a serious matter when you try to distort the basic laws of God's creation, which 
maintain order. Law and order used to mean something. The Bible says in church, says let everything be done decently and in order. Can't mess just you can't just do it random. Do not settle for anything but the absolute truth and don't allow yourself to speak or judge anything or anyone except by the absolute truth. You better get this down in your gizzard real deep. You know, when you go to looking at somebody and trying to trying to think evil of them or whatever or even good, you better be careful. Yes, sir. You better realize you there's stuff you don't know. I mean, even the world has sayings like you don't, you never know another man until you've walked a mile in his shoes. You shouldn't judge him until you, that means you don't know. There's things you don't know. And it may look terrible, but it may not be like it looks. Always helps to hear the other side of the story. But most people are not really willing to do that. They don't want to hear that. They just want to believe what they want to believe. I mean, they've already heard enough to give them the, the gas in their pistol. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So be careful. We can't know what is absolutely true except by the Word of God. That's the only way. This is the only thing we've got that is absolutely true. And unchangeable. And it's more than just the words that are in this book. I mean, God teaches us through this the right way. Always. It'll help us to judge right when we don't have all the facts. This book will. And that's important. Because we never have all the facts. You see, the, the system of law, the courts and all in our country was set up, patterned after the Word of God and the law of God, the law that God gave to Moses. That's why Moses but sits above the Supreme Court, you know, and all of that. Ain't no doubt about it. But it's a mess now. <clears throat> Judgment is turned around backwards. Truth is falling in the street. Why? Because there's been some things omitted yeah, and there's been some things added. Is that true? I mean, that's very obvious to me. That's why we've got the problems that we've got right now. There is no real law in the land anymore. The, the law is omitted. The Constitution don't mean anything. It really don't. They do not pay any attention to it. And now both sides are not paying any attention to it. You don't hear them even talking about it anymore, do you? Nope. Solomon. I'm, this is my last verse and I'm going to quit. But when Solomon became king, y'all remember what happened there? The Lord came to him in a dream and said, anything you ask, I'll give you. What did Solomon ask for? Well, here's what he asked for. He said, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And God was very pleased that Solomon 
ask for that. Because that was the most important thing. And then, you know, it got tested right away with the two harlots who had the babies and one of them died. She slept, rolled over on it and smothered it. And then she took the other's baby. And you remember how they came to, they were brought them to Solomon. And Solomon said, we'll just take a sword and cut the baby in half. Well, the real mother cried out and said, oh, no, no, no. Let her have it. Give the baby to her. Well, there's wisdom to discern. How did he know? How you know whose it was? See, there's missing information. So how are you going to judge? Well, you're going to have to need have wisdom from God. How are you going to get that? Right here. Right here. By knowing the Word of God. By understanding that God gives you through His Word. You'll be able to discern and judge properly, rightly, righteously without having all the knowledge and information that we never have. That's why innocent people go to prison. So the other day where one had been in prison 30 years, something he didn't do. They put him in prison in 99 and he didn't do it. All these years he's been in prison. They let him out and he said, you know, it was just a different world. It's funny how everyone that I've read about though, they spoke of God. They found God in the prison. Come out and said they weren't bitter, you know. (laughs) But they went to prison because somebody didn't have the proper information. Something was left out and something was added. The truth was left out and the lies were added. And so there was bad judgment passed and injustice done. Hypocrites hurt people. Hypocrisy hurts people. It hurts them in the long run too. It hurts them right now, but it hurts in the long run. It does great damage. Every collateral, every way. Don't allow it in yourself. We got to... This is a spiritual battle. Hypocrisy is. Because it's a... You talk about being tempted of something every day. You're tempted every day with this. You're tempted to frame your words. So-so. You're, fra- you're tempted to leave something out. You're tempted to judge without all the information and just make a firm judgment. I wish we could grow up in the Lord enough to not do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, amen. So I said, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Long-suffering forbearing one another. That means not condemning even though something don't look good, something don't sound good. Maybe you don't, maybe there's something you don't understand or don't know. Man, I found that to be true most of the time. Most of the time. Sin is sin. It's inexcusable. But that's not what we're talking about here. Sometimes people get accused of sin when it's not really... They didn't, obviously. Isn't it funny how people are so quick to latch on to that condemnation? 
with so little evidence, with so little knowledge of what has happened, and yet they're ready to just burn them at the stake. That's not real Christianity. It's not the Holy Spirit of God in a person that makes them have that kind of attitude and feeling. No, no, no. You get hurt by hypocrisy, you're going to hate hypocrisy. And you're going to purge yourself of it. You're going to work at purging yourself of it. And you're going to, it's going to be a battle that you struggle every day, but you'll, you get the victory. People get in a habit, you know, slang talk is habit. It's a habit. Yes, sir. It's habit forming, and when you start doing it, you don't even realize you're doing it. And evil speaking is that way too. Evil thinking, evil speaking. It's a habit that you get into. Got to break it. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Pray you bless it to our hearts and minds tonight. Thank you, Lord, for letting us meet here for these four years. Thank you for the little house and the experiences we've had here. I don't even, I hadn't even thought about how many messages have been preached here. This little house will be changed and used for something else now. And uh, then we'll start again out there. And we don't know what you'll do out there, but we expect great things. We expect to see souls in heaven because of this. This is not just a thing of comfort for us or convenience, but Lord, I pray that you'd use it for the souls of the lost around here and for your glory and honor. Lord, go with us now. pray you'd bless each family and help them. pray each one get home safely tonight. We love you. Thank you for helping us, speaking to us. Thank you for the richness of your word and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.